Good to be in the house of God tonight. I'll tell you what, I had a good time during the week and what I got to come. When I wasn't here, I was watching it on the live stream. It was a good revival, I'll tell you. God was good to us. <clears throat> Before we go any further, Devin, would you pray for us? going to be over in Proverbs to start out in chapter number one, and uh, we'll move from let the Lord lead us how he'd have us to go out of there. But I tell you, as I look around today, I, I've, I've come to a time and a place where I see um, it's nobody has any reverential fear for, for the Lord. They, have, they don't, you know, they don't, I, I mean, it's become pulled back so far now that, you know, the, the, these younger generation don't even know what that even is, Brother Richard. They don't, they don't have a clue about that. Anyway, they don't hardly have a reverential fear for people that are in charge or in authority of what they're doing or anything like that. They just don't care. And, 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 and this, this, this country especially is, has got so liberal in their ways that it's become to a fact that nobody's, nobody's even teaching them this. Nobody's trying to. I thank God that we teach our young people these things here. The principles of God's word, the principles of, of having a reverential fear for an almighty sovereign God, for one thing, and then a reverential fear for, for the things of God, and the house of God, and the ways of God, and then a man of God, and these, kind, these type things. These are things you don't find everywhere, Brother Darrell. You don't find them. You're not going to find them. They're, 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 I'm, I'm sure there's churches all around this county that's not even, not even trying to teach their young children these type things. And it's an important principle in a Christian's life. It's an important principle to know these things. It's an important principle to have these. It's going to help us in our walk. It's going to lead us. It's going to guide us. And it's going to give us what we stand in need of to do everything God would have us to do, John. It's going to, it's going to do these things. We're going to start out in chapter number one. We're going to start here in verse number seven. I want you to note what it says here. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And that's where, the begin, that's where it all comes to the fact. I never had no knowledge. I never cared about nothing. I didn't care about nothing. The day Jesus Christ came to where was I, I was at, saved my soul, changed my life. And then, and then, not only was I amazed, not only was I shocked, Daniel, I wasn't just shocked on these things right here, but once, once I finally come to... I guess you would say my senses a little bit and realize what had happened to me, the miraculous miracle that was done within me. Then I wanted to know all about it. I had a reverential fear in my heart of wanting to know how this Jesus could come change everything in my life that I could never do for myself, that I tried time and time and time and time again to do, could not change myself, but he come up and changed me just like that, just like that. And that right there is a power I did not understand. And I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to dig. I wanted to find out, Troy. I wanted to understand how this could happen, how this could be. And that was, there was a reverential fear within me on that because, man, what great power is that? What great power? I mean, my own self can't control my own self. But someone I never knew come in and changed me and can control me just like that. Controlled my destiny, not only my destiny, but controlled the way I thought about things, how I seen things, how I perceived things. Everything I wanted to know. Let's go to Proverbs chapter number two with me here. Starting in verse number one, we're just going to start reading a little bit. Let the Lord lead us. It says, my son, if thou wilt receive my, listen to what it says, my words and hide my commandments 
with thee. This is the reason I am always so adamantly teaching about having the Word of God. Having a King James Bible, taking this word and putting, I'm telling you what, I know what it's done for me. I know how this King James Bible has helped me. I know how this thing has got me acquainted with a more closer relationship with my God. I know what it's done for me, and I know how it can help anybody else that would want that. Not not saying I'm anybody because I'm not, but I'm telling you, I know what it's done for me. The Word of God, I'm telling you, the reading of the Word of God, the hearing of the Word of God, the doing of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God, all these things are going to help us, and we need to take them and apply them to our life. Hey, get a hold to them. Every chance we get, get a hold to them. He says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply, let's know what it says, apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as a hid treasure, digging through this thing, letting God speak to us and help us, then, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I'm telling you, when we really want that, I'm telling you, he, hey, he says, he says he won't hold these things back from us, David. He's going to give it to him. He's going, hey, he said he upbraideth not. He said he'll give these things to us liberally. He'll, he'll give them to us. Hey, as much as we want, he says, come and get it. As much as we want to get it, you line up with it, you search for it, you come get all you want, have it. It's going to help you. This is going to help us. This is going to give us what we need. This is what we stand in need of. This is going to help us. This is what we need. This is where that knowledge comes in our life. And I tell you what, what's so good about that is when that knowledge comes in and we understand that, then we understand that knowledge is what's helping us. Then we're going to continue to seek and continue to want and continue to give and continue to have this thing and it's going to make a difference in our life. It's going to make a fulfillment in our Christian walk. It's going to help us, I'm telling you. It says, for the, this is verse number six, for the Lord giveth wisdom, listen to this, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. This is how that wisdom is going to come and it's going to help us. Once we start getting it, once we have that reverential fear, once we start knowing that God is God, he is the creator, he is the almighty sovereign God. Once we get that, and grab a hold of that. Then I'm telling you, this knowledge starts coming. We start reading the Word of God. We start hearing the Word of God as it's being preached. We start praying ourselves. We start trying to draw close to God. We start doing all the things that our Bible teaches us to do, Tiny. And I'm telling you, we get those things, and I'm telling you, we grow closer and closer and closer. And then we start really, 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 really understanding exactly what God is doing in our life, what exactly how God, what God wants to do. Because I'm telling you, I, hey, I'm telling you, at best, at best I was nothing, Daniel. At best, I'm, at best today, I'm still nothing, but I'm telling you, Jesus Christ saved my soul. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to mold me, and he's trying to continue to shape me and continue to work with me that I can be something he can use Amen. to help someone else. Because there's other people that was in the same situation. Hey, why do you think there's such a diverse group of people that come through this church? We're just a little church on the side of the road. But you got people that you got from that grew up their whole life in church. 
hey, they'd never been out in the world, they'd never done none of those things, they got saved in church, and that's what a, what a great and wonderful testimony. Then you got some of us coming in and has done some of the most God-awful things there ever were. But I'm telling, I'm telling you, it's because God intends to use us to reach out to a lost and dying world. And sometimes it takes, every, it, it does take it every time, it takes everybody. But I'm telling you, there's some people that won't listen to me because of who I used to be. But they'll listen to you, Troy. But they won't listen to me. But there's some people that'll listen to me because they'll say, hey, man, that man can relate to what I'm talking about. It's not just a, something he heard about, he knows about. I'm telling you, these things are important, what we have to do for God. I'm telling you, in reading all these things, and you get these things, we understand that the beginning of, uh, of the fear of God, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God. Going and reading through our lives and grabbing all this understanding. He's telling us, we'll take it. He'll give us this right here. Hey, this is what's going to help us. This is what's going to give us the strength. You look over here in Ecclesiastes, chapter number 12, verse number 13, and I'll just read it to you. It says, it says this here in verse number 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. That's the conclusion. Let us hear the ending of this matter. We, we know what the beginning was. The beginning was, hey, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We know what the beginning was. We read through the middle of it. We live in our lives asking God to help us, asking God to strengthen us, letting God use us, letting God build us up, letting God put the word in here. We'll take it. He's letting it multiply in our hearts and multiply in our walk and multiply in the things that we do for the church and the things that we do when we go out and be a witness. He's letting these things multiply. But now he's telling us right here, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here's the conclusion. We sought out to these things, and now we're at the conclusion. The conclusion says this. Fear God, which we've learned those things in our life. It says, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This is what he wants us to understand. This is why he starts out saying the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. He, he tells us that so that we'll understand that he wants us to grab a hold of those commandments and grab a hold of the things out of his word and use them in our life. It's going to help us. It's going to help our walk. It's going to help us be an effective witness in a lost and dying world. It's going to let people in our lives see that this is real in our life. This, hey, I'm telling you, there's going to be so many people that I've talked to and they know nothing about me. It's all about what Jesus has done in my life. They'll say, man, you're real. Man, I, even had a, I, I, I got a son. That's what he told me. He told his mama, don't even tell me. He said... He's the only person I ever know that really changed, really changed. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, these things, it, it, it proves out what you do. It proves out the things in your life when you live it because they're not saying that I'm nothing because I'm not, but I'm telling you, it's everything that Jesus done in my life. When he changed me, I'm telling you, he took those things away from me. He put his things in place, and I'm telling you, he wants us to hear the conclusion of the whole matter. We're doing this right here, Calvary Baptist Church. We're doing this right. We're teaching these kids right. Don't let a world, don't let a, don't let some wicked somebody come along and tell us that we we were depriving these kids of things. We're not. Don't let this world come along. Hey, you're knocking these kids down because we're not. I'm telling you, we're not doing it. We're not holding back. We're not doing anything. We're I may just testify a little bit. Whoa, Lord. I don't know about that. Might be in that high though. Woo. Chapter one. Let's see. Verse number three says, "Blessed is he that readeth, 
And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. That's a little key word right there. The time is at hand for everything, everything to just be done. There, there is nothing we are waiting on to happen that Jesus could come back. Verse 4 says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindred there shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I just want to testify for a little while on the fact that I got so much more than I thought I was when I got saved. I'm telling you, when I got saved, I knew this one thing. I got saved by the grace of God because I didn't want to die and go to hell. I didn't want to suffer. I didn't want to burn forever. I knew, I knew, I knew this. I, I, I had gotten my what I called fire insurance when I got saved. I didn't realize all that I was going to get when I got in. I like how it reads here in verse number five. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, which means this, that every sin I'll ever commit, every one of them has been paid for. I, 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 knew, I knew I had a whole lot of debt that I had to take care of when I came to Jesus. I knew he took care of that, but I didn't realize until I started getting in his word that he seals me. I didn't realize that he's going to keep me. I didn't realize he's going to bless me like he did, but he did. I'm telling you, I got a whole lot more than I thought I was when I got saved. I'm telling you, I'm glad I got saved so I don't have to go to hell. I don't have to worry about that fire. I don't have to worry about suffering. I don't have to worry about burning forever. I don't have to worry about troubles and everything like that. I don't have to worry about that pit of darkness that, that is just never ending. I don't have to worry about that because I got saved. But take a look at this. Did you know you got made royalty when you stepped into Jesus? The very moment you got saved, he washed you from your sins. He sealed you. He gave you new life. He quickened you, made you eternally alive. But verse 6 says he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. I'm telling you, I didn't realize how good I got it when I got in Jesus till I got in his word. So I want to say this real quick like here. You need to get in this word right here and just see how many blessings you've got. I'm telling you, you need to get down in here and realize that all of this was written for me. It may not have been written to me, but I can go into every page of this and see Jesus. I can go on every chapter and see Jesus. I can go everywhere in this Bible and see Jesus. I can walk through the pages of the Old Testament and see that the very same God who split the Red Sea is the very same God who washed me from my sins. I can see the very same God that brought fire down the altar is the same God who washed me from my sins. The very same God that said, let there be light, 
and it was, is the one who washed me from my sins. I'm telling you, the very same God who created heaven and all its glories is the same one who washed me from my sins. The very same God, I'm I'm telling you, I need somebody to get on board with me real quick. The very same God who said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have everlasting life lives within me. I'm telling you, I I knew when I got saved I wouldn't have to worry about hell. I didn't realize the Holy Ghost would come inside me and live within me and lead me and guide me and help me and teach me and show me things from His Word. I'm telling you, I got so much more than I even realized. And here's the wonderful thing. The book of Colossians says there's all the treasures are hid in Him. When you get in Jesus, just go ahead and start acting like it's Christmas morning and just start opening up all that God has given you. Friend, you ought to get in this book. So I'm going to tell you this real quick like and I'm going to be done. Verse number three where we started. Blessed is he that readeth. What's your relationship with your Bible? You say, well, I don't don't realize, I'm going through this, and I don't realize these things, friend. We are living in a time, and this ain't, I have no notes, nothing at all. We are living in a time where we walk around defeated. We live in a time where we walk around like we ain't got nothing to shout about. And I'm telling you, we live in a time, and boy, is this a loaded word, where we got an identity crisis in churches. We don't just realize the fact that, hey, we're more than just saved. We're sealed. We're blessed. We're, 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 hey, friend, all that right there. We ought to say, you know what? That devil keeps telling me I ain't nothing but low down, good for nothing dirt. Friend, I'm a king and a priest unto God. My sins are gone. My sins are gone. My sins are gone. And yes, there are skeletons that rattle in the closet. If you don't got any, friend, trust me, they're going to be there and they're going to show up one day. But, friend, I want to tell you this. We got so much when we got into Jesus. We ought to just say, you know what? God, you've been so good to me. I don't deserve to be able to come in here tonight and just say amen. But friend, I want to tell you, he's good. Hallelujah. That's all I got. child of God, you need to develop a prayer life. You, you need to develop a, a good prayer life for God. If you, if <laughs> Prayer is like oxygen. You need to have it. You've got to have it. You can't, you can't always go to run this person, run to this person and say, I need you to pray for me. I need you. you need to develop a prayer life. It's not very hard. It's just like you're talking to me or you. You're just talking to your Heavenly Father. You've got, you got to have it. You've got to have some time you set aside or else you're going to lose. You're going to lose, I'm telling you. It's like oxygen. If you don't have it, you will soon find yourself in trouble. You, you won't be able to get out of trouble if you don't have a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, it's something you can take care of your family with, something that you can, then you can, it says that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne in prayer and ask Jesus and know, ask God for things and Jesus will take care of it for us. You can cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. He cares for you. He is your father which art in heaven. He is a father which is in heaven. 
a one that one that is just knows all your needs before you ask, one who has your your most best interest in, in 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 his in his mind. He has the best interest for your life. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. He knows what your children need. He knows what your grandchildren need. He knows what your spouse. Well, he knows everything. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen the next day. And he knows what's going to happen forever. And this is somebody who we can pray to. And somebody who we can pray and ask things. And we can intercede. And we can, we can pray for people. We can pray for ourselves, which you must do. You must pray for yourself. And, you know, a lot of times in life, we don't deny ourselves anything. We don't. We don't deny ourselves anything. But Jesus said over in Matthew, I'll just read a little bit of this. Y'all can turn to Isaiah 58, but I'm going to read this real quick in Matthew 17. It says that uh, we don't deny ourselves anything a lot of times. You know, and Jesus said, Jesus said in Matthew uh, 17, 14, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. He's sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often in the water and brought him to his disciples and they could not cure him. They could not cure him. They prayed over him. They laid hands over him. They could not cure him. He said, he said and then Jesus answered and said, Oh, you faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples of Jesus uh, to Jesus apart and said, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus said unto them, because, because of your unbelief, because you had unbelief in your heart. We'll, we'll, cause, we'll push back the hand of God and we won't allow him to do any things in our life because we got unbelief in our heart, because we got something that comes in between us and Jesus that we say, you say, you pray for it, but in your heart, you don't believe it. In your heart, you don't believe that that loved one this far out there can come and get saved. You don't believe that that one that has these sicknesses, it can be cured. You don't believe in your heart because you have that unbelief. We need to check our unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith the grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountains, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible. He said, how be it, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. You want to get in touch with God? Yes, you can get in your prayer closet and you can get a prayer, prayer up to God. But look, watch God just move mountains when you start to deny yourself something. You deny yourself food. Hey, when you get hungry, you eat, don't you? You get hungry. When I get hungry, I eat. Hey, but you watch God move on your life when you start, you start denying yourself food. You set aside a 24-hour fast and you watch God come, and I'm talking about clear your mind, clear your body, and you, and you, when them times and it's time for you to eat dinner, you get in that word and you start reading and you start praying and you watch God and your relationship come just like this. He said some things only come out through prayer and fasting. You watch that loved one that's been so far away from God your whole life just come to God and you watch that fasting move God. You watch that sick, that loved one that's sick you start, you start denying yourself and you start fasting and you watch God move on you. You watch that relationship with your spouse. If it's been a little rugged, if it's been a little rocky, hey, hey, I got, I got a spouse that'll fast with me. <laughs> hey, I got somebody that's strong enough to do it with me. When I say, hey, we might need to fast as well. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, it says, don't, don't say, look at me, I'm fasting. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but this is what Jesus said. Some things only come out through prayer and fasting. 
Hey, and when we start praying and fasting, we'll watch our relationship get built up. We'll watch our kids start building up. Because Jesus is watching us humble ourselves and pray and fast. Because some things only come out through prayer and fasting. Denying your body, denying you, your, this flesh what it wants and denying it. And you go into the spirit man and you building up that spirit man. And you, and you, just, and you just doing away with that flesh. And you'll watch God come in your life and you'll watch him build relationships. I'm telling you, it works. I've watched it. I've, I've, I've prayed and fasted over things that, that, I, that, that I'm getting. I've asked for prayers and for things that, uh, that, that, that you get these bonus things that come in. I might have, I'm asking for this cup, but I get this glass of water with it. You know what I mean? That's just how God works. When I got saved, I didn't know that I could get all this stuff. I thought this Christian life was just for other people. It was for me too, and I love it. I thought it was for the weak. It ain't for the weak, and you better develop a prayer life because you'll find yourself in a lot of trouble. You don't develop yourself a prayer life, and it's not hard to pray. You just talk to him like he's a friend. He says he's our friend. Let me read Isaiah 58 real quick before I, before I start running somewhere and get out of time. Isaiah 58, this is called true fasting, true fasting. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can move heaven on fasting. You can move heaven by denying yourself food. I promise you this. I know for a fact. Don't it work? Don't it work? I'm telling you. You got something wrong with your house, you start fasting. I've been praying, Brother Jonathan. I've been having my church pray. Start fasting. Start denying yourself. Doesn't it work? We used to fast when I first got out. And man, we watched heaven come down to earth. We watched heaven come through and do some things. Amen. I mean, God just started piling it on, piling it on. That's how God will move in your life. It's true fasting. I'm telling you. Isaiah 58 says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did uh, righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact your, all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate. Say, look at me, I'm fasting. Look at me, hey, get in that word. When it's time to eat, get in that word. You'll watch God fill your spirit and them hungers will go away. I'm telling you, you'll watch the heaven, heavens get moved. It says, and, and to smite with the fist of wickedness, ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't tell. Just keep it to yourself between you and God. It says, is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a, as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast? And an acceptable day to the Lord. Hey, you got to humble yourself. You got to get down low. You got to deny yourself some things. It is not, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. That's what fasting will do. Is it not to deal with thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out into thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. 
Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy help shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Yeah. Hey, that's a good reward yeah. right there. Just, just deny yourself something. Then shall thou call the Lord and shall answer him. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thy yoke the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to, to the hungry and, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall the light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. And the Lord shall satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. Hey, let's just get a hold of God. Let's just pray and fast and see what God will do for you. The restorer of the paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasures on the holy day, and call the Sabbath of delight, the holy of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing thy own ways nor finding thy own pleasures nor speaking thy own words it says then shall thou delight thyself in the Lord and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father for the mouth of the Lord have spoken if we'll put away everything and, and we'll set aside one day one day which is today the Sabbath and he says, he, this is what he says. He says, you'll turn around that foot, you'll turn, turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing any pleasures on my holy days. You know, call this the Sabbath delight. He said, not doing our own ways, finding what he said, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. If you'll set aside this one day, this one day when someone calls and says, hey, you want to come over here? I got plans. And when, God, when, when people yeah. say, hey, I had to tell my, one of my sisters one time, hey, can they come? Well, it was Wednesday. I said, let me tell you, I, just, I don't want us to get upset with each other, but every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, and every Sunday night I have plans. So if you're asking, you already know. Just so you know, we always have plans these days. Because they try to set me straight. Hey, I got plans these days, and I always have plans. We always have this set day. Well, I always have these set days. They don't never change. But I'm telling you, if you'll just deny your flesh something, and you'll pray. Jesus said some things only come out through prayer and fasting. Try it. You'll watch him. He'll watch him open up the windows of heaven. He'll move some things in your life. He'll move some stumbling blocks. Hey, you'll find, you'll find things get built up in your life, and you're praying about them. And, man, I just, they just ain't going away. I've been praying about it fast about Fast about it. You'll watch him move. You'll watch him move heaven. He will. That's all I got. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. 
I'm sorry, verse 23. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands, and he asked him if he saw aught, and he looked up, up, up and said, I see men as trees walking. And in, in, and when Peter was um, walking on water, it was because he had his eyes on Jesus. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he sunk. Right. The only reason he, he was walking was because he had his eyes on Jesus. Right. As Christians, we should walk by faith, but not by sight. Amen. Now turn to Psalms 29, verse 1. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. The the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Siren like a young unicorn. God spoke everything into existence right. in one week, and you and <laughs> people outside of the world can't think of one reason to thank God. I say oh, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad that I'm able to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Put me in uh, John chapter 20. Verse number uh, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said, he shewed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he hath said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. See, this is how the Lord and this is how the uh, the world is and some of the uh, churches are around. They say, oh, I don't know if God's really real because I can't see him. Like Tom, Thomas here is saying, well, Hebrews 11:1 one says, now faith is a substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. Right. The reason you can't see him right now is because he wants to test your faith to see if you're really right. willing to run the race while he's not right there by your side. And uh, it's kind of like this. Every day you wake up and you drive your car and you have faith that it won't break down when you're trying to go somewhere. Well, that's the faith you need to have in Jesus. And that's the faith that Christians need to have in God. Because he's, he's willing to bring you through anything. He's willing to save you and he's willing to send your son to die on the cross. And see, Thomas, he was one of Jesus' disciples. One of Jesus' disciples didn't believe his friends telling them that Jesus came, came back to life and Jesus rose again. Right. Hebrews right. eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. That's For right. he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewards of them that diligently seek him. How are we going to please the one who sent his son to die for us? How are we going to please the one who makes miracles happen around here? How are we going to please the one that's still working to this day and keeping us safe? See, as children of God, we ought to have faith and trust in him because he's willing to bring us through the storm. He's willing. I see everybody here is alive and well. He's willing to bring us through everything.